This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to cdogroup.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Future Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montegi, and today I am joined by the amazing Jack Corns. Jack is with Housespots. He's a co-founder, and him as partner have created this robot that climbs walls, paints buildings, does inspections. It's amazing. Let's welcome Jack to the show. Jack, welcome to the show. I'm really excited about having you. You know, your product is something that when I first time I saw it, I thought to myself, this is this is crazy. Robots that climb walls, you know. Uh, uh, we're going to get into that, but before I get into that, I think it's more important to find out how an entrepreneur uh, comes up with an idea, right? How did you get started? What was the stuff that inspired uh, little Jack uh, to become an entrepreneur, right? When did that start? Sure. So I've been really lucky to kind of grow up around that entrepreneurial ecosystem from a very young age. The next thing I'm going to sound is very strange. It's going to sound very strange, but all four of my parents started their own businesses. Um, I'm from a divorced family. So um, mum, dad, step parents, all of them ran their own business. And so it's really something that it gets ingrained in you from such a young age. My dad, I remember walking around at a tiny age around his factory and seeing the work he was doing and, and really thinking to myself, you know, I, I want to be a leader one day like my parents. And so it was kind of a, a path that was inevitable for me. I, I started my entrepreneurial journey probably about age eight. I was always selling stuff when I was a kid, selling vegetables from my grandma's house or, or sweets at school. Or when I was a bit older, I started selling clothes and, and T-shirts and caps and stuff like that. And it's kind of this thing that it's, it's almost in your blood. You know, it's, it's, um, it's something that you have in you. Uh, and that's something that was waiting to get out for me. So uh, when I reached the, reached the age of 18, it was kind of a choice of work or university. I decided to just start working straight away. I got a job at IBM, IBM based over in, in the UK though, uh, and I was working in their sales team. So I got at a really young age, a great experience of the business world and particularly sales and people relationships. Um, great learning experience, but didn't really kind of feed my entrepreneurial fire until one day I was having a, a, a chat with a friend from school who I've known for a very long time. And he was telling me about this idea he'd had for revolutionizing the way that we inspect and maintain these big assets like buildings or bridges or, or any of these huge man-made things. Um, and he, he mentioned this climbing robot idea that he'd come up with. Uh, and it was kind of a eureka moment for me of, wow, like we can build this thing that there's got to be a need for it. And there isn't well, at the time and still isn't anything really fulfilling that need in the market. So I kind of took my knowledge I had from, you know, sales and, and relationship and commercial side partnered with his technical side. And here we are three years later with a fledgling business with supplying our first ever robots to customers fulfilling our first ever contracts and, you know, 
before we started, there was no product and now there's a product and that's a pretty cool journey to, to have gone on over the last three years. You know, starting from a uh, vegetable salesman at eight, right? <laughs> as you go, uh, as you go through it, I think that's the funny part about it is like every one of those things, you know, looking backwards, the dots kind of make sense, right? You kind of look backwards and go, all right, I, I learned to get out of myself and I learned that uh, uh, working together with my friends to go and do this and then picking vegetables and how to, you know, not, not being afraid to walk up and talk to a customer. You know, I, uh, I started my first painting company when I was a kid, but you know, I'd, and walking up to a door and knocking on that first door, your heart beat out of your chest. I, re I re just remember the, <laughs> the amount of, you know, there was a little bit of fear in that, but then once you kind of pop through that and realized, you know, it wasn't that bad. And, and then I could go walk, knock on the neighbor's door. And then all of a sudden I got a customer and I go, well, wow, I'm doing your next door neighbor's house. And you know, just a little bit of stepping through the fear Right, having an idea and then stepping through the fear—that's that's an amazing one. And you know, your your journey to getting to a robot. You know, by the way, uh, for those who are listening and not watching, I'm going to put a link down below in the comments section where you can go to uh, Jack's website, and it's really cool. This this robot that that actually climbs walls and it does multiple things. So we're gonna, we'll talk a little bit about, about each of the things that it does. But the first time I saw it to myself, I'm like, that thing's gotta be 40, 50 feet up in the air, climbing up a pole of uh, the, the, the highway poles, I, I, the ones I was looking at. I thought to myself, you can see this, you know, taking, you know, what was an unsafe job and making it a much safer job than ever before, right? To being able to look at these uh, uh, highway, highway structures that, you know, before had to take some very large cranes or something to do. Yeah, that's right. That the, the whole business is built off the idea of how can we make any form of working at height more efficient cost-wise and time-wise, but also massively on the safety factor as well. You know, the, the single biggest killer in both the UK and the US of um, uh, work-related killer this is is falls from height is people at work falling from a height it's the, the biggest thing that kills people that when they go to the work in both of both of those countries so you know we think robotics is, is a perfect way for increasing the safety in, in these areas so now you now jack you're, you're talking to your friend right? and he's got this idea now how do you guys go from you know oh uh you know you're sitting down you're talking about this by the way where are you at where are you at when you have this conversation I think we were at a, a pub, actually, uh, uh, you know, a some of the great best, British pub. Some of the best ideas happen in great British pubs, right? Uh, and, and you look at, uh, you know, sitting down, you, the two of you are sitting there, you get an idea, you know, are you napping, are, are you on a napkin kind of writing this out? Uh, you Tell me about the uh, the idea. So Harry, Harry is my co-founder, That he's kind of the technical guy on the project. He was just running me through what he'd been up to since we left school you know it was just it was just started as a friendly chat and he told me about his parents had this particular challenge with painting their house and over one holiday period he was asked by his, his parents to you know get up on a ladder and, and paint his house and he was very technical minded an inventor 
um, straight away he thought, well, it's the 21st century. Surely there's got to be a better way of, of doing this than having to get up there with my paintbrush and ladder. So he actually came up with it as, as some fun. He was like, yeah, this would be a great project. It's going to be some fun. And he didn't really think anything else of that until we were having this discussion. He told me as a passing comment about this idea. And I don't know, just some sort of, you know, when you hear these great ideas and some kind of light bulb just triggers and you think, well, I know how we can, I've got the bits of this puzzle that he's missing. You know, he's a great technical mind, but I can bring the sales and the funding knowledge and run the business. And it was kind of a, in a, in the moment we thought, let's make it happen. We, we can get into a partnership and do this thing. That's awesome. You know, and I think that's where great partnerships start, right? Uh, you start with a conversation, boom, you get an idea. Hey, this is, this is, you should really do this. You know, uh, I've, I've worked with a lot of creative folks who are, you know, got, got just genius and they have a hard time with the rest of the business, right? Creating the structure, looking at the business, uh, you know, getting, getting from an idea to a prototype, getting that first one done. So let's talk about that. Your, your, your first, now you, you go, you're sitting at the pub and now you go from this to, all right, we're going to build our first prototype. How does that happen? Yeah, so um, l- luckily Harry had some pieces of equipment in his, his garage. He was still living at home at the time. His He was lucky enough to, uh, to have been able to afford a small 3D printer, only like a one-off Amazon, $100, $200 type thing. Um, but he had a 3D printer. He had some tools at home, hammer, screwdriver, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so... St- Pretty much the next day, we went we went into his garage and and started prototyping things. You know, especially with robotics, people te- tend to get scared with how much money these things can cost. But um, I'll tell you for a fact, including all the materials and the machines we needed to build our first prototype, we spent maybe five hundred dollars maximum. So you know, it's not a, a huge budget thing but we knew that we had to get something that at least proved that the the physics was legitimate you know we could actually get a robot to climb something and that was our our goal really was to be working weekends and evenings and any time free I had around my job, which I was still working at the time, to just get something that that proved it. And I think our first prototype, we managed to stick it to a wall and it maybe climbed about this far, you know, a couple of inches, but there was a robot stuck to a wall and it climbed a few inches, which is enough to get a little video and, you know, prove to us more than anything that the physics was real and, and we could maybe start building something from there. And I think that's something that's, that's a great point. You know, the, uh, how many people get stopped? This is going to be too much. I, I, there's no way this is going to, you know, I, I, we can't afford to do this. This idea is, you know, they get caught up in the minutia of an idea, right? I, you know, looking at uh, creating a business, to me, there's always the same formula. It's, it's the exact same formula. Every, every entrepreneur I meet with, every idea I've ever had, every business I've ever started, uh, all the companies that, uh, that we have, I, same exact thing happens. There's an idea. And then there's stepping into the idea and starting to work on it. And then there's a little bit of frustration, right? Because then there's a little bit of, you know, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, you know, lose, 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 win, 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 lose, lose. You know, there's a little bit of that. And I I call that confusion, right? And then I start to organize around it, right? Start to uh, build the systems around and go, okay, here's what's working, here's what's not. But that process takes a lot of people out. That next, you know, the, the first process of stepping into creating it that takes out most people. And then the next part mm-hmm. is those who are really not committed, like, well, yeah, they're kind of half into it. They step into it, but they don't do that next step, which is you got to kind of step through, you know, the win and losing of, of creating the business, right? Because, you know, there's certainly days when 
you're, you're, you're spending money and you're not monetizing it yet. You've got no return on your investment. You can't even see it and the bills are piling up and the landlords knocking on the door <laughs> and the, and the, and the, and the electrician, the electrical company's going, Hey, I, I need some money. And, uh, you know, at any point those can scare you out and go, Oh man, maybe I should go back to working again. And, uh, and, and sometimes yeah. we do, sometimes you got to do both. So I uh, talk a little bit about that. So as, as you go through this and you get your first two inch, uh, you get the robot to go a couple inches up, talk through what it took to continue through that. Yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. There's something that, um, I hear a lot of in, in the kind of startup world, which is your your idea means nothing, which is so true. You know, the idea is just the very baby bit at the beginning and then all the work is ahead of you. So we knew that this two inch climbing robot thing was cool, but uh, ultimately we had to work out a way of how we were gonna pay the bills. And, and from our perspective, venture capital was pretty much the only path for us. And so we just focused straight away on the things that we knew venture capital investors want to see. So after we had this robot that climbed about two inch, we uh, spoke to as many customers as we possibly could. You know, we had uh, photographs of what the finished product was going to look like. We had this two inch climbing robot. We had ideas about how much money it could save. We did loads of research into how much they're currently spending on things like scaffolding and went to customers and said, we can save you this money. And, and pretty much straight away, we just started focusing on what's the market going to be like and who are the customers so that we could then build up this bank of proof. You know, we've had had 15 customers tell us that we could save them $300,000 a year and they would be willing to pay this much for the robot. Oh, and by the way, they signed a letter to say that when it's ready, they'll be they'll purchase one. So we got all of this kind of bank of information and market research in place and um, pretty much straight away started hitting the, the road for um, venture capital investors and, and angel investors. And, um, you know, it, it took us a long time, but... Um, Eventually, we found two great investors that, you know, believed in what we were trying to do. Uh, and that was really the start of us at then at really being able to execute on the product, you know, hire our first members of staff, move into our first office and, and start building and improving the product and actually then servicing the customers that we promised back in day one that there would be a real, real robot one day. You know, that's then how we ended up paying for all of that to happen. So, you know, I, I oftentimes call that throwing my keys over the fence. Right. A lot of times you get, you get yeah, yeah. ideas, right? And you go out to customers and say, Hey, I'm going to have this product. And if I have this product, you're you willing to use my product. You know, I, I was just working with a group of guys that uh, uh, started a bakery concept and, and they went out and they said they, they went out to the marketplace and there was kind of a, a lull in this one market for servicing of, of bakery products. And they said, they went to all the, the different uh, places that they would sell to. And they said, look, I, I think we could give you a better product and we could save you some money on this and, and make it a much more profitable product at the end because the way we package it, the, way we, the stuff that we could do to it. Uh, if we are able to do that, would you be our customer? And, and they go and they, they, they get up, you know, a couple hundred of signatures from people. And now they, they took that to the bank. They literally took that to the bank mm -hmm. and they, they had monetized uh, each signature saying, hey, this would be $10,000 a year worth of uh, product. And uh, now I've got 200 signatures and they monetized that as a as a formula to the bank showing, hey, I've got, I've got uh, a built-in client. If I can get to the back end of it, I thought to myself, that's genius, 
right? They have no proof. They've mm-hmm. never even baked a piece of bread yet. And uh, now they're, they're already raising capital for this uh, by getting signatures for potential customers. But now they got to throw their keys over the fence, right? Now they throw their, they throw their keys over the fence. They've gotten the signatures, they've gotten the bank, they've gotten the money. Now they've got to go get them, right? They got to go get the keys, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Being able to go get them and really start to create the product and uh, work through all the bugs. Because even as you grow there, right, you had this, the one product, but now you got to get the next product. And uh, the customers say, hey, I want th- this attachment and that attachment. Hey, if it can do this, I can really use it. So now you're starting to make the, the uh, you're taking your idea and your idea is growing, right? So it went from yeah. uh, painting, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your, your partner's uh, parents' house to now, uh, what are the other ideas that they come up with and, and people are looking for? Yeah, so we, we've branched much more into all types of inspection and maintenance. Um, really, our robot's clever thing is how it's able to climb any type of, of surface. So we can climb glass, we can climb brick, we can climb concrete. It doesn't matter. The robot can stick to it and climb to climb on it. It's then got around six six kilos of available payload, six kilograms of available payload, which you can then attach any type of inspection or maintenance equipment. So now we do the whole range of inspecting using cameras or maybe even inspecting using specialist probes for looking at the integrity of, of concrete, like in, in the bridge example that you gave earlier all the way through to then, you know, applying paint or even one of our customers, we're running a test project for using the robot in, in pest control. So the robot will be applying a powder for, for wasp eradication. Uh, you know, uh, really, we're kind of seeing the robot as, as a platform, a tool for all types of inspection and maintenance. Uh, and, and you're right that that's then is how the business becomes more complex is because you have to try and well, most of my job is trying to prioritize between our customers pulling us in these directions. You know, we've got to make sure it makes enough money and that we can actually fulfill on it and just work out what the right direction is for the product to go in. That's kind of the exact stage of our business at the moment is that we're we're making money we're making okay money but really for the the business to sort of ramp up and scale we have to work out what are those most profitable and most beneficial to the customer what are those use cases that we can really kind of focus in on is is what we're in the process of doing now well, i think that's the you know the next part is that scalable part right so you you, you got the idea you, yeah. you kind of proof the product and now you've got it available to go and as as a customer base says hey i've, I've got uh, uh these needs and that will continue to grow and, and start to make the adaptive. I mean, 12, I mean, 12 or uh, six kilos, was that's a, a little about 12 pounds. That's a pretty big payload that yep. it can carry up. And how high can it go? It can go unlimited. It's, um, well, there's two versions. One of them gets powered through, through a cable. Um, that one can only go up about 30 meters, um, which is somewhere around 10 stories on the cable, or you can put it on a battery power and it will go unlimited on a battery power, but you only have like 20 minutes of runtime on battery so it depends so i can run up to do something knock it out and come back down but uh you know, yeah. places where you, where you can't get to them now um i think that's that's the stuff that's kind of neat to, you know as the i you know I, I say it all the time as new ideas come up 
right? The applications for it aren't even known yet. And they start to discover mm. themselves as the product gets refined and continues to push through mm. that. This next section of your growth as a company uh, really starts to challenge you, the entrepreneur and the developer, uh, your, your partner, the technical side of it. And then the, you know, really is the operational side of it, right? The, the part of it says, all right, now we've got products. Cause I know that we, uh, we, when you and I talked, a lot of the stuff you guys are doing to, to raise funds is actually doing some of the inspectional work, doing some of the platform work with the robots themselves, and you're out there doing it, and you're not, with, without giving people the robots themselves, you're doing the work uh, with the robots, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so mo most of our revenues today come from uh, Housebots providing a full service. So we turn up to a customer's site, we provide a robot operator, uh, and we basically sell the finished inspection or the finished maintenance job, yeah. All right, so let's go to, let's, let's do a couple of things real quick so the audience really gets to know the brand. And by the way, we're going to put all the links down at the bottom. So let's go through the website itself. Housebots, spelt the German way. So H-A-U-S-B-O-T-S, uh -huh. house. We, we called it the German to make it sound, you know, efficient and well, engineering, engineering and stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> the Germans are the key yeah. at, at the engineering and you got to sound, uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't have done it the Italian way because yeah. they make, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so house bots, but you can find us on Google. If you just type in wall climbing robot, we're, we're number one on wall climbing robot. Well, we'll, put a, we'll make sure we get a lot of those links down there. Eric, uh, he's over there looking right now. He's typing away right now, at hooking the links up and you know, really get to know the product and the applications for it. And if customers go, Hey, I, I love this idea. I want to use this for X. Uh, who do they contact? Uh, straight to me. So if you go through our website, there's a contact details and uh, if you can contact, contact me. We, um, we have a number of uh, attachments like off the shelf and ready to go. The ones that I described earlier, but um, we can do custom integrations just as easily and run on test projects for almost any, any idea that you might have for inspection or maintenance that the robot can, can help with. We, we can, we can be international as well. Like you can probably tell by my accent that we're, we're based in the UK, but um, literally this morning we, we sent a robot off to Singapore. We've got a robot going to Brazil in the next couple of months. So, um, yeah, we can, we can, we can be anywhere. Nice. So as, as people start to look at high rise buildings, start looking at taller structures, uh, as they start to really look at, uh, places where this application could work for them, uh, they, they contact you. You can custom build the bot to work on any of the surfaces they, they've got coming, uh, coming up. Uh, what, what's your timing on putting that together for them? So we can, we can have a robot made and, and and shipped within a week or so. Um, wow. You know, we're, we we can be pretty quick. Um, if we want to do something more custom, then obviously it depends on how complex it is. But yeah, one of our existing integrations can be shipped in about a week. That's amazing. Make sure you you guys are listening. Go uh, uh, down to the link. The uh, this bot is unbelievable to watch. Uh, the first time I saw it, I thought to myself, "This is cool." And you know, it's got a, a paint attachment, uh, a, a camera attachment, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, sonar, radar type type attachments that you can put on this thing, and it. Uh, really does you can see a future where people don't need to get up on top of uh, really scary devices to, to do an inspection or the timing that it takes you know an operator can go up set the thing up crawls up the side of a building does the inspection it needs to do and then uh, is back down and the integration the timing for that is was pretty quickly so I, I can really it's, it's exciting new technology and and where you guys are going you know uh, entrepreneurs and as as you uh, come up with more ideas uh, and the customers that you have uh, push you in those places. 
Would you please come back and tell us more about them? Because I'm, uh, uh, I'm really excited about that. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So it, when I when I when I tell everybody, you're the F1 of technology, right? You're the uh, uh, you're <laughs> kind of kind of the F1. This, by the way, that's the uh, technology you guys use, right? It, it's it's really draw. Talk about that for a second, because I think I missed that on that just a little bit. Yeah. So we use a, a type of technology which is derived from Formula One or. or most types of racing called uh, called the ground effect in in formula one then air is moving very quickly under the car from front to back and because of that speed in the air uh, there's a massive low pressure region under the car that low pressure region is then what creates that downforce or that suction force when the car moves along we take that exact same principle and, and add it to our robot so we can be generating this low pressure force without having to have a suction area um, there's no like sealed area there's no vacuum there's no suction cup um, there, there's quite a big gap underneath the robot which allows it to climb on all of these varied surfaces any surface you can you can put in front of it and and overcome obstacles as well so it'll overcome nuts and bolts and wires and things like that that you might find on the surface um, which is the, the kind of unique thing to it that's awesome you know jack i i uh, i love where you're going i love the technology i look forward to the things you're doing and by the way I'm, I'm grateful that you got on the show i know you're busy and uh, I, I had to squeeze you had to squeeze in to get here and I, i'm grateful for that time and uh please 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 make sure that uh, as uh, as you get new products i'd, I'd love to have you on again and uh, i think it's kind of fun to see where you guys are going as a, as a brand yeah yeah no problem thank thank you very much guys for having me on it's gonna be fun thanks Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montegi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.